0: iRelaunch, the podcast where we discuss strategies, advice, and success stories about returning to work after a career break. I'm Carol Fishman Cohen, the chair and co-founder of iRelaunch and your host for today. Today, we welcome Hella Priest. Hella is the founder and CEO of Doer Circle. Doer Circle is a member-based support platform for self-employed people, entrepreneurs, freelancers, and start-uppers that, among other things, provides healthcare and insurance solutions at cost. Doer Circle does not operate in the U.S. right now, but it's a really intriguing model, and we want our freelance, freelance relaunchers to know about it. Hello, welcome to 321i Relaunch. Thank you, Carol. I'm really happy to be here. Well, we're happy to have this opportunity to speak with you, and uh, I should say you're based in Singapore, and so we are doing this interview in the evening U.S. time, uh, and I, th- I think it's your morning. Late, late uh, morning my time. Yeah. Late morning, yes. Uh, so uh, let's just dive in and uh, talk about first your career history. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you ended up founding Doer Circle? Yes, indeed.
1: I've actually relaunched myself quite a few times already. Uh, you could probably claim that my kind of at least relaunch started already before my career. It started right after high school where I chose to leave for China to study Chinese. And I got enrolled and played with the, badminton, the national team of, uh, of, of China uh, for badminton. Uh, Which was a little bit unusual. I mean, like all my other classmates from high school, they chose to go to the US to study or explore or to Canada or to other places in Europe. And I chose China. Um, And more or less ever since then, I've actually been based in Asia. So I've actually been based in Asia for more than half of my life, starting out with with a bit of an unusual uh, choice. After, after high school. Then I got my very first job at an early age um, and I decided to actually relaunch myself after a few years in that job. Um, I was working myself, uh, one could probably claim, half to death. Um, so I decided to resign without having any other job on hand, which was again a little bit unusual, but it was based on the philosophy already at that time that I really need to figure out what I want to do. I need to figure out what is going to be next for me. I need to figure out what is my path going to be like. Um, and 10 years ago, I once again resigned from another position. Uh, I'm not going to step into details of my, my corporate career, but I've had a number of uh, fairly fairly high-level positions. So 10 years ago, I resigned from a, from a job again, once again, without having anything on hand. I just kn- knew at that point of time that I wanted to, to do something on my own, so I re- decided to, to quit what some would call probably a great job with a high paycheck and all the benefits that are associated with a great job. Um, and I left that job in order to, to venture on my own. And one of the, that was when I actually realized uh, what kind of a jungle it is coming from a corporate environment to becoming an independent person all of, all of a sudden. Um, so one of the first things I did was to reach out to my insurance company. Um, and asked them to move my policy from the corporate policy to my own policy. And I was told that this wasn't possible. And I said to them, why isn't this possible? And they said, because it's a corporate policy and now you're on your own. And I said, hey, listen, you've been insuring me for 10 years. That was the fact at that point of time. So why can't you uh, just move it to my own name? And they say, this isn't possible. And I said to them, please, please do something, uh, figure out something. And they said, leave us a few days and we'll get back to you. And a few days later, I received a so-called offer from them that turns out to be five times on the price, but for less favorable terms and conditions. So I called them back again and said to them, hey, listen, I think something is wrong here. Uh, I think you made a type or two in that so-called offer. And I said, no, no, it's because you're on your own. And then I said to them, hey, so you clearly don't want me as a client anymore, which I thought was strange because if it was my company and I had a loyal customer who had been with me for more than 10 years and that customer reached out to me and said, hey, listen, I would like to be with you. And then the answer would be, hey, we don't want you. Uh, I wouldn't be happy about this. So I said this to them and they said, no, no, we would really love to keep you. And that is also reflected in the offer, which was just even more ridiculous to me. So I said, thanks, but no. (laughs) So I said, thanks, but no thanks. Uh, And then I thought in my naivety back then that I could reach out to any other insurance company and find something that would be better. So I started calling around and Googling around and I just soon figured out that this wasn't the case. So I soon figured out that. What I could get back at that company that I came from, even though it was five times higher compared to the corporate insurance, uh, that was actually the best I could uh, could get. So I ended up back at that same company once again uh, and just had to pay for the, for, the, for the premium that they charged me. And that is something that has... Basically irritated me ever since um, I started that journey ten years ago, and I soon figured out that this was not just about insurance and healthcare. It also turns out to be troublesome when you talk about banking, financial solutions, but everything down to more basic stuff like mobile subscription plans, software subscription plans, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Everything is more just more expensive when you're an independent person um so that is basically that that was 10 years ago uh that it started out um late like, like that um and 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 it has been annoying me ever since so a year ago when my policy was up for renewal once again i thought now i'm gonna look into it and i still didn't find anything that i was uh, that i was satisfied with so i thought i'm gonna look further into the market Uh, And I figured out that already 30% of the global workforce is self-employed. And according to some new reports, uh, among others, one from World Bank, that figure is actually, depending on definition, already close to 50% of the global workforce. According to World Bank, it's 45.7% of the global workforce that is already self-employed, which is an insane number. But still this... But still, there's no global solution for this huge group of people. So when I look at the market from the outside, then there's basically just a huge gap here. So you have a world where people have started working and living their lives in different ways. And then we still have a world that is, to a very great extent, designed by corporates for corporates and for corporate employees. Um, And since I couldn't find any solution to this, I basically decided now it's probably time to do it on my own. So that's that was a long story short about how I ended up with uh, with, with with founding Duo Circle a, a year ago.
0: Wow! So we're gonna go into a little bit more detail about this model in a minute. Um, but I I just want to establish so you're based in Singapore now. You um were in China and different places in Asia before that. And where like where were you born and where did you spend the beginning you know through your high school years of your life? Mm. I'm from Denmark originally, so I've spent the first part of my
1: life in Denmark, and uh, now I've actually spent more of my more more than half of my life in Asia. Um, so right after high school, I went to China, and I spent 16 years in China, eight years in Beijing, and eight years in Shanghai. Then I've spent seven years in Hong Kong, and now I'm based in Singapore. And the reason for moving to Singapore was actually do a circle, because the majority of our current partners on a regional basis, but some of them also on a global basis, are based out of Singapore rather than Hong Kong. So it simply just made sense for me to move for for, for this uh, opportunity.
0: Got it. All right. So... I, I want to dive into this model a little bit because it's really intriguing. You know, you've hit upon something that um, p- freelancers in the U.S. have also encountered. And it's about, you know, basic insurance policy economics that if they want to have they want to have a big pool to uh, share the risk of anyone actually, you know, collecting on um on part of their plan for, you know, any, any range of health issues. And if it's a big giant pool, then they can spread that risk among many, many people. And if it's just one person, then they look at the risk totally differently. Correct. So um, h- like how did, once you found this and you knew there was a problem and you had to do something about it um, like how did you ultimately build your model? Did you talk to a bunch of insurance companies and finally found one or two that re- realized that you're representing a big enough pool? And then how did you get the pool? And wasn't there a little bit of a, as we call it, a chicken and egg situation going there? Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. It's indeed a chicken and an egg situation. So what I did ultimately was that I started, I knew that there was a market. I knew that there was a huge market for, I mean, like everybody has been talking about freelance economy and geek economy that has been growing for the past uh, many years. Uh, in all fairness, I wasn't even aware myself before I started looking into it in details that the market was this huge. Um, so that was really an eye opener even for me. Um, and when I then combined that with the fact that there wasn't any solutions out there, I just thought that this is the thing to look into. Um, so what I did was that I needed to figure out if it was something that I could do with the insurance companies, because this is where we're starting. It's important though, to state that this is not just about insurance and healthcare, because we are building towards a 360 degree support platform for self-employed people, freelancers, entrepreneurs, and start uh, We've just started out with healthcare and insurance because this has turned out to be the biggest pain point that we have come across. Uh, but what I did uh, in, the, in the first place was to start reaching out to all these big insurance companies. And I thought in all fairness up front that it was a little bit bold and probably a little bit ambitious that here I came, uh, I was reaching out to them at the highest level, uh, basically just telling them that, hey, guys, I think you have a big problem. Uh, and I think I might be able to help you out. Uh, and I knew that that it, it, it might come across as a bit bold. But to my surprise, they've actually all been very Open uh, And they've all been sort of almost lying down flat and said, this is completely spot on. We know that there's a huge market. We know that 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 these people are out there. And we also know that we are missing out on the market at the time being. Um, so it has basically been relatively easy, I would say, without anything being easy, but, but relatively easy to get in touch with the insurance companies and the healthcare providers. Uh, What has not been that easy has been to then find the right model uh, and and, and get that correct in terms of legal compliance, uh, but also in terms of how the the insurance companies are operating today, because Circle is not here to become a new healthcare uh, operator or healthcare company or a new insurance company. We're basically here to be a platform and to offer new kind of solutions that we develop based on partnerships. Um, so you're absolutely right when talking about the group of people, that is the pool of people, uh, that, that is a very essential part of it. And that's probably the most straightforward thing here. That is to group people on a platform. Um, what is not that straightforward is that these people, uh, we don't have any data on this group of people uh, anywhere uh, on on the globe today, basically. So if an insurance company today is to insure, for instance, a bank or a pharmaceutical company or any other uh, big corporate company, then they will have the statistic data available on uh, on the statistic employee or the average employee of that company. So they would know the gender split. They would know the average age. They would know the average salary level. They would know the average sick day leaves. They would know lots of things about these people while as when we talk about self-employed people entrepreneurs freelancers start no data is available today so what we do in our platform is first of all of course yeah we pool the people that is more straightforward but secondly we have started to to gather data so that we can basically use these on a statistic level i'm not talking about individual data but we're talking about getting to know the pool of
0: people on an average level like the aggregate data Yes. yeah um l- let me sorry i didn't mean to interrupt i just wanted to ask uh, ask a clarifying question and uh, maybe this is a dumb question but i'm gonna ask it so um you know 45.7 percent of the uh people globally according to the world bank are freelancers but don't some of them live in countries where the government covers their health care or is this like supplemental or how does that work Absolutely, absolutely. So when we talk about a figure that is close to 50%
1: uh, on a global scale, first of all, you have different layers, of course, of self-employed people. So you have people who are sort of top of the pyramid and people who are sort of bottom of the pyramid. So you can say that the the market is really fragmented. This is one thing. Another thing is that there are, of course, differences in between the countries where people they are coming from. So you're absolutely right. If you go to Denmark, for instance, where I'm from, we have a very uh, well-developed social welfare system, meaning that most of the things are actually uh, covered up for you through your, your, your tax payments. So uh, medical is, is for free, schooling is for free. I mean, like we have lots of things that are for free, uh, but that doesn't mean that the needs are not there for a more balanced system for self-employed people. It's just different solutions that are in need in those kind of countries. Uh, Having said this, then the reason for launching in Southeast Asia, where we are at the time being, is exactly that in this part of the world, we have the highest self-employment rates. We have uh, still a relatively uh, interesting uh, economic growth. And we have either no uh, welfare systems or less developed welfare systems, if we maybe exclude uh, Singapore and Hong Kong, where the welfare systems are a bit better than in the rest of the region. Um, so you're absolutely right that that you have countries uh, that take better care uh, through social welfare systems of uh, of, of also self-employed people. Uh, and then we have countries where, where, where those people are, are basically falling through the system. Um, so so that's also part of our model, and that is also the reason why what we offer needs to be slightly differentiated between the countries that we are in. There there are many countries in this part of the region, uh, in this part of the world that are similar to some extent, but there are also countries where, where we require for, for slightly different solutions. And the same would be the case for the U.S., as you said in your introduction, we are not yet in the U.S. U.S. is a highly interesting market for us. Uh, but again, that would also require for, for different kind of solutions. But, but that doesn't change the picture of an imbalance in the world in general or an imbalance in society in general today, where we have on one hand people who are living their lives differently and on the other hand, uh, structures that to a very great extent are formed by corporates, for corporates and corporate employees.
0: Got it. Thank you. Uh, to tell our listeners who might just be tuning in, you are listening to 321i Relaunch. This is your host, Carol Fishman-Cohen, and I'm speaking with Hella Priest, the founder and CEO of Doer Circle. And Doer Circle is a member-based support platform for self-employed people, entrepreneurs and freelancers and startupers, and provides uh healthcare, insurance and other solutions at cost. And right now it operates outside uh, the U.S. And we'll talk about some of the countries in just a minute. Uh, but it's a very interesting model. And we want our freelancers to be aware of it uh, and hope it, it'll come to the U.S. at some point, too. So can you tell us, Hela, uh what countries, what specific countries does Doer Circle operate in right now?
1: We're currently focusing on Southeast Asia. So we're based out of Singapore, but we have solutions available throughout Southeast Asia. Having said this, we actually have our first international insurance uh, on the platform as well uh, that can be bought not in the US though. And that's again, uh, coming back to US being a slightly different market. Uh, but except from the US, it's actually a global insurance um, that, that can be signed uh, up upon uh, from around the world uh, and also covers you on a global level. So so we are currently focusing on Southeast Asia. We are having solutions ready for for the markets in this part of the region. So um, that's where we are at the
0: time being. Got it. And you mentioned that Doer Circle is really a platform for many more services besides uh, insurance. Uh, You mentioned banking. Can you talk about some of the other services that you're either offering or planning to offer? Yes.
1: We're basically aiming to build a 360-degree support system a one-stop shop for self-employed people, freelancers, uh, entrepreneurs, and startups where you can basically get and find all the solutions and the support that you need as an independent person, because this is really what we find missing. Um, so we have started out with healthcare insurance because we have found this as the uh, biggest pain points. We're looking into bank solutions at the time being. They're not there yet. But for instance, in this part of the world, if you're a freelancer and you don't have a standard paycheck, then it's really hard to get a credit card, for instance. So no banks are going to issue a credit card to you because you don't you don't fit the what should I say standard banking profile, um, and that goes with a lot of financial and banking banking solutions. Actually, that that if you don't tick their standard boxes, if you don't come in with a standard paycheck a monthly paycheck, then there are lots of the services that you cannot get. Uh, even in, in, in the part of the world where I'm originally from, Denmark, uh, it's hard to actually just get a bank account and it's very, very expensive to get a bank account as a startup. It can cost you several thousand dollars a year to just having an, a bank account to operate your business from just because of the fact that you're a small business. Um, so the, these are some of the things that we're going to look at, look into within banking. We're also looking into more simple stuff like software subscription plans, for instance. Uh I've always been wondering why is it that you as a freelancer or a startup or an entrepreneur with a small business need to pay much more for your subscriptions to software than if you are a corporate and again it of course comes back to volume but I just don't understand why the companies uh, they don't want to, to to sit in that market. Uh, it's not unusual to meet freelancers who are working on on, on, on gray zone or hacked or whatever we should call them software copies um I, I think that's a that's a known fact um and and i think it's such a shame that that the companies they don't try to 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 address uh, those markets or, or, or those people from the market in a different way so that we basically get them on board instead of just looking into a market where where they work on on other kind of uh, of, of versions, if we should call it that, of, of their software. So software is also something that we're going to look into. We're going to look into travel support. We're going to look, I mean, like we're going to look into everything that you would basically have if you're part of a, of, of a corporate environment.
0: Right. So let's say I'm, I'm a typical freelancer and I am, you know, I'm living in um, Singapore and I want to join the doer's circle. What do I do? You basically just jump
1: onto our platform. You can sign up for free. So signing up uh, is, is absolutely free. Um, then if you want to uh, have the opportunity to purchase our solutions that we sell at cost, uh, then you become a member. And currently we charge $60 a year, which would be close to like $50 US a year uh, for a membership. And then you can buy all the solutions that we offer at cost. And the reason why we do this is that we're trying to uh, be as transparent as possible. Uh, we realize that this, these people, uh, all the independent people, feel that that they've sort of been been screwed a little bit at least by by the insurance companies, the healthcare operators, the banks, the financial institutions for years. So we're basically trying to bring. Transparency into the system. We try to bring uh, in place a system where we say, "Hey, this is what you pay upfront. You know exactly what you're paying us, uh, and then we go negotiate and go develop uh, based on your needs and based on 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 what you are, uh, yeah, what what you need in order to focus on what you do best in your business."
0: So, if you're offering the services at cost and you're charging people what a, a fifty dollars equivalent per per person, then how do you make money? We we do that currently from the membership. Currently from the
1: membership, uh, going forward, we have more opportunities um, and we have different revenue streams coming up, um, including also fees from our partners. Um, we, we have lots of different uh, revenue streams coming up, but currently at the launch phase, we are 100% membership fee-based.
0: Got it. Um, and can you talk about um, how many members there are and um, how many you speculate might be relaunchers?
1: Yeah, we have thousands of members already, the majority of them coming from this part of the world. But interestingly enough, we actually have members from the U.S. also, and we actually frequently receive requests from the U.S. on when we are launching in the us or if our solutions are available uh, to purchase in the us um, but the majority of our of our members are currently based out of uh, southeast asia where we where we are focusing at the time being we don't have the exact numbers for relaunches but we know that the majority of our members they've had different careers before they ventured on their own so for sure it's more than 50% of our our
0: members that are that are what we could call relaunches Got it. Um, interesting. And, and can you talk a little bit about the the future of Doer Circle? And do you envision coming to the U.S.? And is, are there potential partners here that are doing something similar or doing something complementary that, that you might partner with if and when you come to the U.S.?
1: Just to break that question a little bit up. So um, so what's, what's next for a Circular? What is it that we're doing? Again, we are, we are, we are aiming to build a 360 degree support system. Uh, a kind of a one-stop shop for self-employed people, entrepreneurs, freelancers and startups. It's a place where you can find all the solution and all the support that you need as an independent person or as part of a smaller team uh, where you currently don't find any suitable solutions um when you are it's, it's 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 interesting because when you're part of a corporate company uh, I usually use that as an example uh, at least if you're at a certain level then things tend to be kind of easy so the day you join the company you get a laptop you get a mobile maybe you get a tablet if you have any problems you can talk to the IT department uh, you probably also get a copy of an insurance policy or maybe even a pension plan and if you've got any questions to this or anything else then you can go and talk to the HR department but when you're on your own you're all of a sudden you're all of do not have that IT department or that HR department to go to you need to, f- to figure out uh, how to walk through the jungle on your own and that is exactly what we strive to to make up for it do a circle we basically want to make things easier and life, life less stressful for, for, for these people. Um, And we do that by creating this 360 degree or one stop uh, platform with transparent solutions that are targeted us uh, and that are offered at affordable prices compared to what is available for independent uh, people today. Um so what's next for us is that we want to bring on board more and broader solutions. We want to scale regionally and we also want to scale globally. And that brings me back to the U.S. because U.S. is certainly a very interesting market. We already have our eyes in the U.S. Um, when exactly we're going to launch in the U.S., I can't tell you at the time being. But uh, but I'm, I'm certain that we're going to be there. Um, there are also interesting partners for us in the U.S., we actually talked to some uh, U.S.-based companies already, even though we are not operating in the U.S., but, but U.S.-based companies with uh, with global solutions that we might bring on board. Um, so, yes, U.S. partners, certainly. Um, do we have the big U.S. master plan ready at the time being? No, absolutely not, but we're going to get it in place. Um, are there anyone doing the same things as we do in the U.S.? Uh, not exactly. There are no one doing what we do in a broad scale um, there are smaller companies targeting parts of the markets that we're looking into, but, but, but there are no one on a global
0: scale that actually do what we do at
1: the time being.
0: Got it. Um, okay. Well, l- let me, let me ask you this. Um, because we have one final question that we ask all of our podcast guests, and that is, what is your best piece of advice for our relauncher audience? And I, I want to qualify that to say our relauncher freelancer audience, even if it's something that we've already talked about today. Mm. I think it's,
1: yeah, that's, that's a really good question. And I think it actually grow, goes broader than just the freelancers. Um, because my general advice is basically go follow your dream and your passion, dare to do it. Uh, In my opinion, we only have one life, uh, so we need to make sure that we make the best out of it and make sure that we do something that matters to us and something that makes sense and, and, and make us happy. Um, So make you happy, uh, the one who's listening in here, Um, and not something that makes everybody else happy. Uh, And having said this, of course, you still need to be realistic and ask yourself if there's a need for what you do and what you offer. So it's not an advice to be naive and uh, with a happy-go-lucky mentality but more an advice to really challenge yourself in terms of whether or not you're on the right path uh, or if there's a need to, to change the direction. I think this is so important, and I've done it myself a number of times in my life already. Uh, after a number of years, uh, basically just uh, leaned back a little bit ask asked myself, am I really happy where I am? Is this really what I want to do for the rest of my life? Is this really what makes me happy every day? Is it what makes me I love Monday exactly as much as I love Fridays and Saturdays and Sundays. Um, and I think this is just so important. And I think this is basically a universal uh, kind of advice uh, and not necessarily just for the freelancers. But I think it's, it's really important to, to dare to challenge oneself in terms of what is it that you are passionate about? What it is, is it that you really want to do? And then dare to listen to this and dare to do it, even though it comes with a risk.
0: That's excellent advice. Thank you very much. It's a really great place to end our conversation. Uh, But I also, Hella, want to ask you how people can find out more about Doer Circle.
1: Absolutely. For the ones who would want to learn more, uh, come visit us at uh, at www.doercircle.com. And it's spelled out D-O-E-R-S. C I R C L E dot com. Um, and thank you, Carol. It has, been a, it has been a great pleasure
0: being here with you today. Thanks for inviting me. Well, it's been great to have you. And Hella, I just want to ask one more question, squeeze it in. Absolutely. How did you come up with the name Doer Circle?
1: That's actually a combination of doer, somebody who does something. So coming from do, um, because to me, I consider myself as a real doer, somebody who who gets stuff off the ground. Uh, So that's the doers part and circle that is basically creating that 360 degree circle, that 360 degree uh, support system for us doers.
0: Got it. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks a lot, Carol. Thanks for listening to 321 iRelaunch, the podcast where we discuss strategies, advice, and success stories about returning to work after a career break. I'm Carol Fishman-Cohen, the chair and co-founder of iRelaunch and your host. For more information on iRelaunch, go to iRelaunch.com. And if you like this podcast, be sure to rate it on iTunes and your favorite podcast platform. And be sure to share this podcast with a friend on Facebook, Twitter, and other social media.